My name is Saul Wordsworth, and this is the IBT Podcast. Hello, I'm Saul Wordsworth, Deputy Editor of IVT International, the world's leading publication for industrial and off-road vehicles in construction, agriculture, and mining. Welcome to this episode of the IVT Podcast. Our interview today is with Charlie Alexander, Director of Automotive Products at Ultraleap. Charlie discusses gesture control and hand tracking in off-road vehicles, as well as how mid-air haptics are the missing piece of vehicle HMI. But first... It's time to speak with IBT editor Tom Stone, live from the east wing of his country estate on England's south coast. Do I have to shout? so that no. you can hear me you never need to shout to make yourself heard and clear it's all about imposing yourself as a person what if what if you're standing at one end of a large empty football stadium and the person you're communicating with is at the other end then do you need to shout no you just send a text oh, yeah. at that point so uh, i've just got back from holiday did you knew that didn't you Saul? I did know that because um, we worked closely together. You told me all about it. <laughs> I didn't tell you that I've been to a festival, though, did I? Oh, I think you did, actually. But tell me again for oh, the podcast. Sorry. Just for the podcast listeners, they'd be yeah, interested to know that I went to, well, I went to a music festival. And it's not really, it's not really on brand, is it? But it's not, there were no, I didn't see any industrial vehicles there at all, in fact. Really? It's quite unusual for a music festival because normally, well, Glastonbury, you get quite a few tractors. There wasn't even a tractor. It was it was quite a posh one, the family festival in a you know a, a camp festival, Lulworth yeah. Castle, and there was uh, mm-hmm. there were more children than adults I think during the daytime. It was quite scary. Well, everyone seems like a child to you because you're 86 That's... today. <laughs> <laughs> but a few weeks before that, and this is I mean it is just exciting that we we are starting to go to events again, mm. um, albeit national events as opposed to international ones. I haven't been to an international one yet. But, um, uh, you know, the, 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 certainly in the UK, there's a lot of these events now happening, as long as we have our COVID passes with us. Um, but, yeah, well, a few weeks before that, I went to the Festival of Speed, which is at Goodwood. Yes. Um, and uh, it, which is all about cars, really. But they had a, um, they had a very interesting innovations lab or uh, uh-huh. f- future. Um, what do they call it? The future lab, I think they called it. Anyway. Yeah. In the future lab. Yeah, the lab, the lab of the future. Yeah, the lab of the future. I found something quite interesting. Um, what, 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 what was it, Thomas? What was well, it? Well, maybe we'll go into that later. Why don't I ask you first? How's your wing been, Saul? Have you, <laughs> how's have my you week know, been? Yeah, how's your well, have, with doing all the work while I was away? Did you did you have a chance to like you know look at the IVT news? Well, I did, but actually, um, over the weekend, I happened to visit Glastonbury. 
I don't know if I told you this before. No yeah, way. I, I was staying nearby and I cycled to Glastonbury. I'd, I'd not been to the town before. And, um, and jolly nice it was too, although I got soaked twice on the way out and I was just perpetually rained on on the way back. I Absolutely. See. It's been very biblical of late, hasn't it? I think it must be something to do with climate change. At one point I had to pull over, even though I had my glasses off. The rain was so heavy I couldn't see anything. I had to cower behind a wall for protection until the rain finally passed. But while I was cowering behind that wall, Thomas, I was thinking about IVT and in particular haptic solutions. What made you think of them? I don't know. I think maybe it was, I I got a sense that perhaps that was something you talked about at the lab of the future. Would, Would that be fair? Ah, you're you're bringing it back round already to the to, to my to my lab. Yes. <laughs> well, tell me about the lab and well, tell me about because haptics interests me. I think it's from haptic means anything related to the sense of touch. That's from, it. Maybe it was the, the fact word. that maybe it was the the rain pelting in your face and on your yes. hands that made yes. you think of haptics. Yes, it um, was the, the sensory perceptions. Sensory perceptions. Yeah, exactly that. And it's you know, we're all. Haptics, I'll tell you what, you can, and most people, anyone who has a new phone, I think, mm. um, will experience haptics because a, a lot of these phones appear to have buttons. I know on the iPhone, uh, it doesn't even have a button anymore, does it? But it appears, right. uh, uh, even the older iPhones appear to have a button on them, and you press it, and it feels like a button being pressed, mm. but it's not. Mm. It's just haptics. It's just that the phone vibrates in such a way as to make it feel like you're pressing a button, and that's haptics. So you can make a flat screen... Uh, feel like a button but in the in the future lab i found something even more exciting which is uh, the, the uh, touchless haptics so <gasps> being able to use sort of gesture control but feel what you're touching in midair and i won't go into it too much because 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 our interviewee um who i interviewed uh, uh, to make a change yeah. um charlie alexander who i who i met at the future lab um he uh, you know, we'll explain it much better. So Amazing. perhaps we should let, let him do that. Are there haptics attached to this podcast? Well, yes. If you reach out and touch your screen now, listeners, then uh, you'll feel you'll feel Saul vibrating. <laughs> reach out and touch face. <laughs> Thomas Stone, IVT editor. Thanks very much. Let's listen to your interview. Let's do it. Now it's time for our feature interview. So relax, sit back, don't topple, and settle into Tom's interview with Ultra Leap's Charlie Alexander. Charlie Alexander, you are Director of Automotive Products at Ultra Leap. So uh, uh, thanks, first of all, for making a bit of time to talk to us on the IBT podcast. Um, you've got this amazing futuristic sort of system which uh, I sort of, I think of as as, uh, as touchless haptics and uh, it can that's right isn't it can you explain better <laughs> yeah. explain exactly what it is that that you can can uh, use to control vehicles yeah so we've uh, we combined two technologies the one that uh, you start with there is mid-air haptics so we uh, use focused ultrasounds to create pressure point in the air that you can feel with your hand but we can then move that pressure point to create shapes and effects on your hands that provides tactile feedback for things like gesture control in the vehicle um, and then to create that gesture control we use 
a hand tracking system. So we use a camera to track the hand very accurately in software and yeah, in real time. And the combination of the two provides a really accurate, reliable, and yeah, trainable um, control system for driver HMI. Absolutely. because So it's combining these things. We've seen in the past, um, you know, touchless control, gesture control in vehicles has been, you know, that some OEMs have attempted that, certainly in the automotive mm. world, maybe not so much in off-highway. But it's never been quite satisfactory, has it, really, sort of gesture control? Yeah, I mean, we we, uh, we got a view on that, as you might expect. Um, so I think there's, there's a couple of pieces. I mean, we refer to... Uh, our mid-air haptics is the missing piece of uh, vehicle HMI. And really that's because, you know, the thrust towards gesture control is really well-intentioned. It's got great you know, potential to keep eyes on the road, keep hands, you know, close to the steering wheel or around the steering car and allow you know, drivers to control their vehicles without you know, unnecessary distraction. Um, but where it really falls down, in our view, in two places. The easy one is you need really good hand tracking and, and you know, for that, you need to be able to detect a hand, know it's a hand, and then interpret the hand's movements. And that's really only possible when you know you are tracking you know, the fingers and, and palm of a hand, which is what we do. Um, without that, you're really looking for dumb gestures, so swipes or taps or you know, things that could be misinterpreted or you could accidentally perhaps use your phone or a, a cup in your hand. Um, but where it really gets interesting is when you're controlling something in midair in 3D space, you you're not touching anything. So when you press a button, you know you've touched it because you feel the, the click on your hand. And that's where our midair haptics comes in. And so what we can do is we can add that return, if you like, that sense of touch from uh, from a button to a midair control. And that means that you know you've pressed a button or activated a control because you can feel the effect on your hand that says, yeah, that's worked for me. Um, and this gets really interesting because it's not just us saying this, we can actually prove it too. And what we've done is we've worked with one of Europe's leading uh, road safety um, knowledge centres is the University of Nottingham. And they're based uh, clearly in Nottingham. <laughs> what they have is a, uh, they have a system whereby uh, they can monitor driver concentration, you know, factors like eyes on road time, distraction time, um, they can use the NASA TLX scale to look at you know, the relative loading on, on the mind of the driver caused by secondary controls. And they've really been able to validate that you know, using mid-air haptics with gesture control is not just safer, so you get 33% less glances off the road, um, but also it um, is preferred. So we can show over 90% increase in preference for gesture control once we've added that sense of touch back to it. So why is gesture control not really work? It wasn't reliable. People didn't like it. And we can fix both of those with our mid-air haptics. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing system. It's, 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 it's sort of like, almost like too futuristic for me to get my head around in a way. But I've done it because we saw, we did actually meet, didn't we, the other day at the, uh, the Google Center yes. of Speed. And I was lucky enough to be able to, to try it out. And yeah, I mean... I can, you know, it's felt, when I tried it, it felt almost like a sort of jet of air on the palm of my hand that I could sort of, and, but it's actually done without ultrasound, isn't it? As you, as you explained earlier. And it, it's- That's right, yeah. And, and it was sort of like I was changing the volume on the 
radio and you know looking at the at the map and stuff. But uh, you can have there's potential or, or or even existing capability to make those shapes even more sort of like specific that your hand actually feels. Is that right? Yeah, that that's right. So I mean, for the for the demo that you saw where we were looking at the driver control use case. We're, we're being really simple. We're giving you a tap or a buzz to confirm that you've interacted with the system. And that's enough for you know, replacing the sense of touch for gesture control. But where it gets really interesting is when you look at the back of the car and you look at the future of the vehicle. And a question that we, we often ask in our discussions with, with OEMs and, and tier ones is, why would you buy a premium brand vehicle when you're not driving it? So the passenger increasingly is going to become you know, the decision maker for why they choose a particular form of transportation or you know, a particular vehicle. Um, actually, the, uh, one of the senior leaders at Continental recently described user experience as the new horsepower. And it's that sentiment that we're really interested in engaging with these companies on. What that means for us is when you look at the passenger, you know, they sit there, you know, they're going to have a period of time when they're moving from destination to destination how can they best make use of that time now i'm sure you and i tom sit and fiddle with our phones today with a passenger in a car uh, and that's you know that has merits and you know for the today's level of transportation that that's probably fine but when you are trying to um, maintain a premium experience or a more productive experience you need to use that time and the space around the passenger for either you know, really advanced luxury infotainment and here we can create a 3D environment where you can reach out and interact with things and you can feel them in midair. And that just produces a whole new level of immersion and enjoyment for a passenger. Well, the other thing you can do is use it for work. So yeah. we can use the most natural 3D space to you know, set up screens and space around you and to you know, swipe through them as if you were naturally interacting you know, in midair with, with your hands, which is the most natural tool of all. Absolutely. Yes, I was going to say, because, you know, uh, our, most of our listeners are in this sort of off-highway uh, off world, designing off-highway vehicles, construction machinery, agricultural mm. machinery. Um, and I know, you know, particularly for, for in the agriculture sector, you know, increasingly like a tractor cab is becoming, you know, like a, a second office as well. So, the, you yes. know, the automation is increasing. And, and farmers are able to sort of like do some of their office work from their cab. So that, and this sounds like uh, something that would really help that as you explain, you know, to, to, to sort of like make it more uh, uh, interactive and usable. Uh, but mm. also perhaps uh, I remember we were talking the other day about, you know, maybe some, sometimes when you're got you're doing something yeah. behind you in the tractor, you're sort of like, well, what was that? Was the, that was another another good use case we spoke about? Well, remind yeah, me. Yeah, I mean, this, this is it. I mean, uh, I think we took, we we, sh we shared our, our enjoyment of Clarkson's Farm. On, yeah, on, that's right. That, that good so, I mean, the the modern agricultural machine or or your know, land mover or similarly equipped vehicle, you know, in, requires the operator to not just function looking straight ahead but to be able to look at what their tools are doing, to look at you know, what's being towed behind the vehicle um, and operate that. So you, know, you might be looking to your left, driving forwards and operating something behind you at the same time. And the challenge in that space is to make sure that people are able to you know, control the vehicle and control it reliably without taking their eyes off the key function. So one example that we did, we 
uh, talk to about these with these customers is you know, guiding the hands to specific controls. So we can create a pressure point in the air where you know, above a specific control or you know, pulsing at a specific rate that relates to the, the tool that needs to be operated. And the driver can simply keep their eyes on what they're doing, reach around behind them, and you know, know that that's where the control they need to operate is, grasp it, interact with it, and then move away, all without needing to look around to check where that control is. And effectively, we're bringing muscle memory in much, much quicker, so people can just guide themselves around a, even an unfamiliar vehicle. Brilliant. And, and, then, and also, um, stacking controls on controls, you know, I know another problem that, that is, you know, encountered in, in, in all, all sort of cabs is, you know, more and more screens Thanks. and more and more controls and, uh, you know, that's, that's in cars as well. But this could simplify things a bit, perhaps. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, when you combine, and, and actually I think the, the audience that you speak to is, is in a really interesting place here where there's a much higher acceptance of automation and need for automation to ensure precision and ensure that vehicles are operating the way they should be. When you combine our technology with something like augmented reality glasses, where you can overlay information in the driver's field of view, the operator's field of view, that gives you uh, effectively an interactive workspace all around you. So you could be operating the physical controls while reviewing the, the work plan or the, the dig plan for the site around you in your augmented reality glasses, you can interact with that and scroll through it all without taking your eyes off the function that you're working on, keeping your uh, field of view over the workspace. And you know, all of that interactivity can be provided with our hand tracking, and then we can provide the tactile responses and tactile sense of touch that ensures you maintain productivity while you're doing it. So we're removing that distraction. Brilliant, brilliant. It, it, yeah, it opened us up whole new possibilities in sort of cab design and HMI design, and it's really, uh, really, really exciting for that reason. But this isn't just a sort of future thing, is it? This isn't just like a, a, a sort of uh, a, a prototype. This is this is this is coming now, is it? Coming soon, or is it in the, actually in vehicles already? Where are we? Well, we've done we've done a couple of uh, public uh, expos. Uh, so we're at the Geneva Motor Show uh, back in 2019 with PSA. And we're in a vehicle called the DS Aerosport Lounge, which is their sort of vision of the uh, semi-autonomous vehicle of the future in the next, uh, their stated goal within the next five years. So we're working with, you know, we're very fortunate to be working with a lot of the big names in the industry. Uh, we've done public expos with the likes of Bosch and Harman. Um, there's an awful lot of confidentiality in the industry, so I have to be a little careful what I say, but, you know, we're really happy to be working with the right people. And, you know, your audience is one that we've got a particular interest in, in uh, moving forward with for the reasons we just talked about. And it's, uh, it's a very exciting time to be with Ultimate. There's a lot going on. And, you know, our goal is to have this thing out in the public domain as soon as we possibly can, you know, automotive design cycles allow for. Absolutely. Well, this, yeah, this, this is this is as a, as as you say coming. You've got some some very exciting sounding partnerships that uh, I, I can't ask you too too much about, obviously. But uh, that that does mm -hmm. sound very exciting, and obviously it's in the pipeline. It's it's going to be you know in vehicles soon by the sounds of things, and uh, and perhaps you know um, coming to uh, coming to off highway off highway of vehicles as well. Um, you know, um, absolutely. Really really exciting meetings in that space. Absolutely. Well, that's that's 
very, very interesting for me, and I hope for our listeners as well. I think they're going to find this this fascinating, and uh, we'll we'll keep we'll keep talking, Charlie, and we'll hopefully um, we'll do uh, we'll, we'll we'll go in we'll go a bit deeper in the magazine. I think in the future because we we love doing HMI stuff, and I think this would be a really thing good good thing for us to to explore in more depth. So uh, um, uh, I'm sure we'll be uh, we'll be speaking again before too long. Absolutely, look look forward to that. Would love love to keep in touch. As you say, HMI is. Uh... It's a space that's often overlooked, but it's so critical to how vehicles work and people can work productively and effectively from effectively what's becoming an office on wheels. Real challenge. Or tracks, I should say. Or tracks, indeed. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks so much for your time. And uh, as, as I say, we'll, we'll, we'll speak again soon, no doubt. And good luck with everything. Charlie Alexander there with a taste of the future. Join me again soon for another episode of the IVT podcast. In the meantime, stay safe and stay in touch with us on Twitter at IVT underscore MAG, online at IVTinternational.com, and of course, via this podcast. That's it from me. Until next time. The IPT Podcast is an MA Business production. Please like and subscribe. If you are interested in appearing on the podcast, reach us via our website, ivtinternational.com or email ivt at markallengroup.com.